we are wrapping up our series on hearing God. And I'm excited about this one in particular. Because I think this is, this is when it gets to be the most practical, and this is usually the, the question that people ask. Rarely is the question, does God speak? Um, or would God really speak to me? Normally it's this one. I need direction. I've got some ideas, but I need to know what is God's. What's from God or what's from me? Um, so in, in the, the bulletin, I've got the, these sermon notes uh, along with the, the scripture there. If you would like to take one with you uh, later so you have these uh, to be reminded of, I would recommend it. I love this, the, the scripture that, that Sean read. The idea of Jesus being the good shepherd and the fact that shepherds have a relationship with their sheep. They call the sheep and the sheep come. Some of you have dogs. You call a dog and it will come. I saw uh, an internet video uh, in the last couple weeks with an elephant trainer named Frank who got an elephant named Nita and he worked with Nita for years and years and when Frank retired he gave he donated Nita to the San Diego Wild Animal Park um, after I think it was around 27 years, if my memory serves, after almost three decades of having been in retirement, not having seen Nita, Frank went back to the zoo. He saw Nita and he called to her, called her by name and she came to him. And then they started doing their routines that they had done decades prior. Nita wouldn't have done those tricks for anyone else, but she recognize Frank's voice. And that's kind of the idea here. Not that we would be <laughs> trained animals for the Lord, but that we would recognize God's voice. That we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt and that we would do what he invites us to do. That we wouldn't do those tricks for someone else, but when God calls and when God speaks... We follow through and we listen. But then the question is, I'm hearing voices, I'm having ideas, how do I know that it's God? Is this God that I'm hearing or something else? And so I want to give you uh, some filters to, to process through uh, as, as you're thinking about, about these things. Um, how do I know that this is God? So, so here's some things. We're going to start out with the idea of gentle leadings. God tends to speak with gentle leadings in contrast to what I often perceive to be compulsive, clamoring, loud demands that I would put on myself. So my own, self -con my own subconscious um, or Satan or things like that where God speaks calmly, quietly, and gently. Again, the, the passage that's listed there is 1 Kings 19, and that's one that we've already talked about before, where God says to Elijah, 
go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there's the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then the voice spoke, and it was God. So there's something about the quality of God's voice being gentle rather than pushy. Gentle rather than demanding. Next idea is freedom. Matthew 11 if you don't have this verse memorized, I would highly recommend that you memorize Matthew 11:28 through 30. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So the idea of freedom, when, when God speaks and you have this idea, you're seeking direction and you want to know which direction to go, God's voice produces freedom. There's a lightness there. There's not a sense of deeper burden or more weight or bondage. This is... My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Part of the reason that we started this last year with going through Luke's gospel is the desire of mine to make sure that you know Jesus. That you get used to hearing Jesus' voice through Luke's pen but you get a flavor for who God is. And there were certainly times in the Gospels where Jesus spoke forcefully. So we know, need to hear that and be used to that as well, but there's a certain flavor, there's a certain tone, there's a certain character to Jesus' words. And so we have the foundation of Luke's Gospel underneath us. And now as we have spent some time with the idea of hearing God, we know that God spoke throughout Scripture, and God spoke in lots of different ways. Phenomenon, voices, angels, other human beings. That still small voice. God speaks. And I want you to be able to discern when God speaks to you what He's saying. Because it's going to sound like Jesus. After freedom, the idea of asking, seeking, and knocking. You may know Jeremiah 29 that says, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. 
Ask, seek, and knock. God tends to speak to us when we are consciously seeking for Him. Our own self or Satan tend to speak with sudden intrusions of thoughts into the mind. Yes, God can speak out of the blue, but there is that thing about us seeking after God and seeking after His presence and seeking His direction. Everything's under control. I like this one. When God speaks, there's a definite sense that everything is under control. Think about this, that the God, the creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who started time, he knows everything. (laughs) He knows a word before it's fully formed in our mouth. He, knew, he knows us perfectly. And so when we're seeking God and when God responds, God will give a confident answer that gives us the sense that everything is under control. Psalm 37, 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. When... The self speaks, or when Satan speaks, there's an inner sense that something is out of control or out of place, out of whack. Um, When the voice that we hear causes us to stress out, when the voice that we hear gives us more things to worry about rather than less, when it causes us to focus on how things are swirling. Now th- think, think about that verse that I already read from 1 Kings 19, where Elijah was out in the mountain. That One of the things was a whirlwind. And God wasn't in the whirlwind. Think oftentimes Satan would have us look at the chaos in our life and become distressed, dismayed, and focus on that rather than taking time to quiet ourselves enough to hear the still, small voice of God. I love this next one. God gives clear-cut, specific directions and instructions. The self or Satan often communicate in confused or uncertain wonderings. Think about Satan's first words in the garden. Did God really say? He questioned. He he brought in confusion. As opposed to one of my favorite... See, that one didn't show up either. It's supposed to be there. Uh, the, the Bible verse for this one, Luke 19, 29-35. This, I, we spent some time on this when we were walking through Luke. This is right... Um, Right around the same time as the triumphal entry, when Jesus tells two of his disciples, go into the town. As you go, you'll see a donkey there. 
take the donkey. And if someone happens to ask you, why are you untying the colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they, they went, they found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked him, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt. You know, and it's that idea of, of being specific, not vague, not creating more questions. This is one of the, the tones, one of the flavors of God when he speaks. In my experience, this is one that stands out. Because I often come to God in a, in a cloud or in a fog. Um, with just how my brain works, I'm usually looking at three or four different alternatives, three or four different paths, saying, okay, God, I could see lots of different ways. And as I spend time in prayer and as I seek God, it often just kind of feels like the, the three out of the four, that four out of the five, just kind of fall away. And God is specific and says, go this way. It's not, I don't leave, as, I don't leave prayer as confused as I enter when I've heard God speak. Clear-cut, specific directions now sometimes we're not necessarily seeking direction but we're listening and God is talking we have that sort of relationship this idea of conviction of sin God convicts of specific sins the self or Satan often accuse in broad generalities that leave a lingering sense of condemnation, haunting or unfocused guilt. If you are ever bombarded with the idea, you're not a good person. You're never going to measure up. You're not good enough. You're, you're a sinner. You're a bad person. Those sorts of messages don't come from God. If God convicts you of sin, you will know what you said to who and when. You will know the specific behavior, the specific action that caused the break in relationship. There's a passage that says, For... If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. Also says, um, trying to remember how it starts. There is no condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus doesn't bring a vague sense of I'm a bad person, of guilt, unfocused, unspecified guilt. God will be specific with us because he wants us to confess specifically. God wants us to have the opportunity to make it right, to make amends. When Jesus was talking to his followers about communion, if any of you are in worship, making an offering, if any of you remembers that someone else has something against you, you go to them and you make it right before you finish worship. You, you go to that specific person and you deal with that specific issue. 
And God will bring those sorts of things to mind. The idea that you have done too much to ever be... You've done too much wrong to ever be forgiven. That's not gone. Because that leaves us with a vague sense of crushing guilt. John 16.8 says, And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming, coming judgment. So that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit in us, to convict us of sin. Next is truth. Jesus himself said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God cannot lie. God speaks with 100% truth that can be tested by the word of God. Self and Satan often traffic in lies, deceit, and half-truths. But God is true. peace Philippians 4 7 says then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand or the peace that passes all understanding his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus God's voice always leads to a deep abiding sense of peace That's not Satan's goal for our lives. That's not often what myself will lead me to. Myself will lead me to anxiety, to worry, to stress. When Jesus showed up behind locked doors to his disciples, his first words, peace. My peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. If you sense that there's another voice communicating to you, and it doesn't leave you with that sense of it's likely not gone. That that peace can still leave with it a weightiness that man there's there's still a lot that I need to do, but it'll be specific. It'll be okay. I know that the tasks are large, but I know specifically that God is good. I know that God is in control. So it's not always that, you know, it's not that things are always easy, but peace is different. The idea of shalom in in the Bible is a beautiful, beautiful thing to study. In the Bible, shalom in, in the Old Testament that's uh, a Hebrew word for peace. It does not just mean an absence of war, but it means being in completely right relationship between human beings, between us and God, and that there's just a sense of everything being right with the world. When Jesus says, peace be with you, that's what he's wishing for them. That's what he's inviting them into. 
this is where God's voice leads us. Peace. And lastly, when God speaks to us, it's verifiable. Test God in this. Uh, the, the passages that I have listed there are, are the ones where it talks about, um, well, the Proverbs is, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Um, the Deuteronomy and Matthew 18 passage are the idea of having two or three witnesses. Um, this is where community comes in. If you can't tell if something is God, if you think it might just be you, if you think it might be someone else, someone else's voice in there, ask. And other people who also recognize God's voice, they can, they can help sort out. God's voice is testable and confirmed by the wisdom of many counselors. I have a group that I get together with once a month, uh, a group of three other covenant pastors. Um, we started meeting, um, I want to say about 14 months ago, meet once a month, and we get together for group spiritual direction. And what it is, is we come to the group with a concern that we'd like God's wisdom on, and we sit together, and we read a passage, and we meditate on it, we share our concerns, people ask clarifying questions if there are any, and then we spend some moments in silence, asking God if God would give us any, any wisdom. And I tell you, I have heard God more clearly in that setting in the last two months than I have heard in a long, long time. And both <coughs> hearing God come through me and being confirmed in the person that I get to speak into and having other people speak into my life and think, oh, that's really good. And every time that that happens, I have this sense that oh, things are under control. Life may be chaotic, but this situation is under control, and I know where I would go. Um, what specifically happened two, uh, two times ago when we met, um, the thing that I was dealing with, I was feeling tired and overworked. This was after a few weeks of, of doing the other full-time job in, in addition to this, and the pastor who was sitting to my right, speaking directly to the person who was to my left, so that she wasn't even addressing me. Uh, we were talking about this other pastor's desire to, or just the hard time he has with slowing down. Um, he was reminded of the passage with Jesus and Mary and Martha when Jesus was eating dinner at Lazarus's house and Martha comp complains to Jesus, Jesus, tell her to help me. <laughs> and Jesus says, Martha, you are worried and concerned about many things, but Mary has chosen the better, and it will not be taken from her. And so the pastor to my right asks the pastor to my left, you know, what would it look like for you to be more like Mary 
in this setting. And as, as she said that, I heard the words in my head. It wasn't audible. I didn't hear it with my ears. Uh, and again, the place I kind of, it's, it's about here. It's upper chest is where I just, I sensed it. I felt it. I knew it. And the phrase was, be more like Martha. Be more like Martha. And, and as, as I spent time with that over the last six weeks, I'm thinking about what it looks like to live like Martha, who's working hard, who's, who's going through the work. But see, Martha also did get reprimanded. She got reprimanded because she complained. But one of the things that she did that was so beautiful is because of her work, because of her faithful service, Mary was able to enter into Jesus' presence in a deeper way. And that's what I'm taking from, from this, from this season. My job at this point is to work hard and not complain. And to do it in such a way that other people get to enter God's presence and get to sit and soak. So I think that has some ramifications here. And I'm hoping that you are meeting God in, in deeper ways as well. But it also has ramifications for me at, at Rudolph as I'm working there. Uh, that part of my job is to invite people into a deeper place, the knowledge of Jesus. And it has consistently been a reminder of that Matthew 11 passage. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I remind myself that God dropped this job in my lap. And as Carrie and I prayed about it and said, okay, we really don't want this. <laughs> but we feel like God is opening this door and we kind of feel like we should. So, okay, God, if you're going to open up this door, we'll walk through it. And God did. And so we did. And when I remind myself of those sorts of things, I do have this sense of peace. I do have this sense of rightness. I'm happy that June 5th will be the last day. But um, it's been a good season. God speaks. It's God's nature to speak. And as followers of Jesus, our job is to listen to listen well, to get to know God's voice. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is God who is speaking. Sometimes you may get it wrong. I know Carrie's voice really well. But there are times when Carrie is working with her mother. The, the last time this happened would be last summer. Carrie was working up uh, at her mom's house, uh, working on some catering stuff, and I called on her cell phone, and voice on the other side and says, Hi. And I say, Hi, sweetie. <laughs> and it's Carrie's mom. <laughs> um, their voice sounds very similar. But in carrying on a conversation, it's not too long before I know that I'm not talking to my wife. I want you guys to be able to recognize and identify when you have those voices in your head, when you have those leading, that, that guiding, that direction. 
I want you to be able to know, no, this is just me. This is really what I want, and I don't know that God has ever said yes to this. I want you to be able to identify that, no, this is really my voice. Or this is my parents' voice that's still in my head. That's not God, and that's not necessarily what's best for me in this situation. I want you to be able to identify those different voices that do speak. And I want you to seek after God so that he would speak and so that you have the opportunity to listen. What does this look like in your life? Have there been any times when you knew that God spoke or you weren't quite sure if it was God and you figured out that it was or that it wasn't? One of my favorites in an ironic sort of way verses in Matthew Matthew 28 right before the great commission then the eleven disciples left for Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go when they saw him they worshipped him but some of them doubted Jesus came and told the disciples I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples. I love the idea that Jesus had just spent 40 days with them. Jesus in person, post-resurrection, with this new body where he could poof, show up into a room and poof, just leave. He had uh, the, the hands that, that Thomas could touch and the, the side that Thomas could actually put his hand into to verify that it really was Jesus. And after 40 days of regular meeting and regular teaching with Jesus, as they go up to the mountain, some of them doubted. And it was to these people that Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. So in my name, go. So my best counsel for those sorts of circumstances Be courageous. Do what you feel like God is putting on your heart to do. And most times in life, even if we don't do it perfectly right at the beginning, we get to tweak as we go along. And if it's good... If it's not going to hurt you or someone else, if it's not directly against anything in Scripture, I think there are a lot of times where God says, you keep asking, but I don't really care. I, I love you. I, I, you are my child who I've created. I've created to give you creativity. I've created you to, to have some say-so in your life. I want that for you. So, yeah, if it feels good. Not if it feels good. God wouldn't say that. Um, but you know what I'm saying, right? You know, th- think think about what you want for your boys and for, and for Becca too. You don't want them to have to check with you on every single detail. You know, Dad, should I eat at McDonald's or Burger King today? some of those you just want them to know the right answer (laughs) and you want them to be able to make that decision and you know is it it 
the little blue booty socks, or is it, you know, white socks today? <laughs> you you want your your kids to be making the, their decisions for them, and you it feels good when they check with you and they ask your opinion. But there are some things where you really don't have that much of an opinion on. Say, do what you think is going to be best. And you work to maintain the relationship, and you work to make sure that they're growing up, these three in particular, to to be the men that you want them to be. I think that's God's desire for us as well. And so it may be that there is no one right way to do it. I guess it's just the fear of thinking that it's God saying, hey, you should do this, when really it's Satan Mm -hmm. going, hey, you should do this. With that laughter, yeah. And it it feels, uh, now it's like, oh, should I? Should I? Mm -hmm. Is it God? Is it Satan? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A little more info. A little more info. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... But then is hesitating, is that going against Mm -hmm. his will? I do think that there are sometimes windows in which God expects us to act and if we don't act in that timely fashion we'll miss it and so this this is one of those things where we keep asking but at some point when we feel like we've got gotten an answer I think we need to follow through on it um, and so in situations like that, that might be when I go to this last one. And I would invite any of you to, to go to other people that you know and who know you, who know your heart, and who know God and God's voice and say, this is what I'm thinking. I'm feeling like I should go in this way, but I want to make sure that this is God. What do you think? That's, that's a great question. That's a great dilemma. And that's one of the joys, I think, of the Christian life is that struggle, saying, okay, Jesus, I really do want to follow you. And I want you to speak in. This listening thing is not always easy. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave and go to another land that God would give him as as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Sometimes God says, go. And I'll tell you when to stop. Or I'll tell you when you're there. With Abraham, he actually passed through the promised land. <laughs> He's like, wait, you should have stopped. Um, he didn't end up keeping it as his inheritance. That happened to his descendants. But I think sometimes God gives us enough for us to leave where we are and just start walking. 
God rarely has given me the end. God gives me the next step. And sometimes that step makes perfect sense, sometimes it doesn't. But one of the things that I'm working on in my life is being obedient to that one. When I've heard it a couple times, okay, then I, I will start making plans. And my guess is it doesn't matter where you go. Because there will be people to talk to when you get there. And no matter to whom you speak, you will get insight into them as well as to you about you. So sometimes it's about courage to actually do what God is telling us. And sometimes when I ask God about a problem, what I'm really meaning is, God, will you just fix it? Will you just take it away? (laughs) And God says, no, I'll let you work in that situation. And I'll work on you in the middle of it because the situation really isn't about the situation. The situation, Greg, is about your character. One of the next steps that we're going to be taking as a church is to figure out what it means to be more missional and to figure out how to do that. As I understand it, there one of the ways that you can look at church divides everybody up into two groups. There's the missional and the attractional. The attractional says, here, come to us and meet God. The missional says, God is with us. We're going to go out to you, to be with you, and introduce you to God where we are. I'm feeling led to move us in that direction. What we're doing is still pretty attractional. We're saying, come here, or come to our table or our table groups, or or whatever that is, and then meet God. And I want us to start making some of the shifts to being more diligent in going out and being in intentional relationships with people to love and to bless and to play and to enjoy and to give people a picture of who God is who would never go to church, who wouldn't even come to this day doesn't feel super traditional like a church. But in order for us to do this well, I think part of it is getting comfortable hearing God better. And to figure out, okay, who do I invest in? What relationships? uh, In what ways do I connect with people who don't yet know you? And that's, for me, that's the next step where we're going. And so for me, that the progression is we started in Luke looking at who God is. We spent some time looking at um, how do we hear from God, and now we're going to try to put it into context of saying, okay, how do I then take this message of God, of God being who he is, ascending God, and how do I bring that good news to the people who are around me? And so this will continue to come up. I want you to continue to seek God and to be listening for God. So if other um, stories come up, if other um, questions come up, um, I want you to be sharing those ideas, those questions with each other. 
not next week because next week is the movie night, but in two weeks uh, I'll give you an example of how I've been doing the, the group spiritual direction thing, and we'll do that together. So between now and then, be thinking of a question or a circumstance where you need some guidance from God, um, and we'll see if God speaks as we seek His face. Um, we'll do it with Lexio Divina like we've done before, but questions are slightly different. And it's been really good. It's been very life-giving for me to have a group that focuses on that. Any closing comments or questions? Okay. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you speak. And thank you, God, that we can know that it's you. Help us to move towards certainty and towards distinguishing your voice from the static that's out there. Help us to be your sheep who hear your voice and run towards you. Thank you for calling us your own. In Jesus' name, amen.